Hey folks, welcome to the Thoughtful Dad Podcast. We're back after a very long hiatus and with Wesley's cat. And I just got some carrot cake. Yes. Oh, yum. Yum. So we've been off for quite a while now um, because Wesley's had a little bundle of joy, Charlie, and how is Charlie doing? He's great. Uh, He doesn't sleep most of the time, and he is teething a little bit, we think. So that might be why. He also is huge, Um, so he's very heavy. And he can't walk yet. So it's a lot of carrying him when we go on walks um, because William wants to ride in the stroller, you know? So he gets very possessive of the stroller seat. So until we get a bigger stroller, I'm talking about you. Now you like this stroller. Yeah. Um, I get to, I get to carry Charlie a lot and William is a great big brother. He's really good at cheering up Charlie when he's sad. Um, But currently, Charlie's asleep. This is pretty early for him. He's like staying asleep for uh, almost an hour now. So we'll see how that goes. You know, it might just be Uncle Joe's common or calming demeanor, you know, because uh, my kids slept like champs. (laughs) <laughs> and is that still the, the the case yes and no yeah jojo is a great sleeper he sleeps 12 or 13 hours a night yes if you could see wesley's face right now the envy <laughs> it's awesome envy. that's great <laughs> um shelly on the other hand um, has had a bit of a sleep regression. Uh, I, I wouldn't say sleep regression. I would say she's more aware of how fun it is to be awake. Oh, so yeah. um, she doesn't necessarily like bedtime, but I will say she's gotten to the age where she likes to chill like at some point during the middle of the day. So like, for example, like earlier today she just wanted to sit down and watch a movie and we did that and it was wonderful and it was during jojo's nap which was nice which also meant that i could take a nap so it was pretty cool um but bedtime is actually um a bit of a struggle she well not a struggle i think it's just normal like she can't go to bed without me or mel there so we just sit with her and then she goes to sleep and you know that's that's pretty much it so wait so so she's never gone to sleep without one of you being with her not lately oh okay, not lately okay, okay. so um probably about i want to say starting maybe t- 8 or 9 months ago you know one of us have had to been been there um, for her to go to sleep. 
I don't think it's fine, actually. And we play like sleepy song time. Mm-hmm. We play sleepy song, sleepy time songs. So uh, she likes that. Um, <clears throat> sometimes she just will watch a show or will watch something like on her or like on the TV and she'll fall asleep. But then like tonight, um, we were watching Paw Patrol and like she was like, you know how like they move around a lot to try to stay awake? And mm-hmm. I was like, nope. Yeah, we're not doing this. So <laughs> we're going to turn this off. And then she was sleeping like two seconds. So That's good. It's good that you can recognize um, all those little cues and stuff. I feel like I'm really bad at noticing those kind of things. Like Charlie is often like just hungry. And so he's like mad and screaming and then like – all it takes is like feeding him a little bit of something. I'm like, oh, duh. Wesley, you have uh, to be one with the child. You like uh, water, you know. I, I could, um, I could definitely grow in that area, uh, but I just can't wrap my head around the thought of having twelve or thirteen hours of sleep regularly, just like continuous. Um, that's magical because uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's really good for the child. You know, their brain is developing and all that stuff, and that's like a solid stretch of time where you can, you know, either sleep or be dealing with all of the Shelly nonsense that she's doing. So, yes, and the nonsense is real, and it starts early. So, well, one of the things is is that. So, yes, JoJo sleeps 12 to 13 hours a night. Let's say 11 to 13. Hmm. He goes to bed at like 6, 6.30, Mm -hmm. which means he's up anywhere between like 5 and 6.30 or so. But still. That's just the thing, though. Yeah, I mean, um, we have... Uh, very little time that we can record anymore, right? I mean, because between the time difference and then, so it's like currently we're trying to get William to go to bed, but Stephanie is also putting Charlie to bed. And so it's just been very hard to find the time. Like we could talk on the phone and I'm like, you know, also chasing him around or whatever. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing, but then to like sit down and actually record and actually like have something worth putting out there for people i feel like we the last time we tried i don't think we got audio that was usable like i know that we have a lost episode <laughs> yeah. or two out the, you know like one like practice one from a long time ago and then one like from a few months ago when we last tried to do this so so i think i think we got this though i think this time saturday nights might be doable yeah yeah and i mean it's real life like with real people so I mean, Shelly may come in here. You may wake up and be like, where you at, bro? And, you know, then it might just be a wrap. It might just be a really, really short episode. <laughs> <laughs> or, but, or she or, and William just have their own podcast that they do. That actually might be a really good idea. Um, <laughs> you know, Shelly Shelley could actually probably do pretty well on a podcast um she likes doing things um today we made slime 
Oh. And um, well, the, the funny thing about today is that there was a surprise snowstorm. I mean, it was bad. Like you could barely sudden see snowstorm just like appeared in front of yourself. Yeah, like the roads were clear, and then they weren't. Whoa. Right. And Shelly was on YouTube, and she's like, "Can we make slime?" And I was like, "Sure," you know. So you know, we're trying to like warm the car up. We have to go get the stuff because we don't we didn't have any of this stuff on on hand. Very simple, by the way: glue, baking powder, and eye drops, and food coloring. Wow. Very, very simple. Is the eye just like a saline solution or something? It's or the, 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 the borate or something. It's, it's one of the chemical compounds in the eye drop that reacts huh. with the baking powder and the glue that cool. makes it like slimy. And the nice thing about this slime is that the more eye drops you add, the puffier the slime is. In other words, less sticky. It okay. is right. So Shelly's like, "Oh no, it's good. It's good. It's good." I'm like, "No, it's not." <laughs> We're gonna keep adding this stuff in. But anyway, you know, like, I'm like, "Sure, let's go get the stuff." You know, it's a you know, we go right down the street um, and grab the stuff. And but then it's just like, you go outside and you're like, "What in the world?" And Mel's like, "Are you sure you want to drive in this?" And I was like. Yeah, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're doing this. We're gonna go get this slime. So, me and Shelly brave the tundra to go get Elmer's glue and eye drops. We had all the other stuff. We had food coloring and baking powder, obviously. But um, to 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 do the slime, and she was so funny. She's like, "We're in the tundra." <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. "She knows that word." Yeah. Whoa. Well, well, I kept saying it so. Therefore. She picks it up. Oh, no, she, yeah, she picked it up. So, um, so yeah, we went there. We got it back, and um, we started making it. And it's very simple. Like she'd already done some baking, so like she, I was like, just put the whole thing of glue in there, and she was doing it. She did that, and then I, I measured out the baking powder, and then she put in the food coloring. She's convinced the more food coloring you put in, the darker it's gonna get. Hmm. Like, baby girl, it's not getting any darker <laughs> than it is right now. So had to stop that. <clears throat> and we stirred all together. And she wanted to stir it herself, of course. But she was doing it. She was stirring it. She's putting the drops in, stirring it, putting the drops in. And then yeah. we made um blue slime and pink slime, which is now oh. purple slime. Knew it was gonna happen. Um and so that's good. So Shella's been coming along quite nicely. She's um, going to school three days a week for half days now. Um, she's great. I was actually just in her classroom as a parent helping with the Valentine's Day party. Oh, exciting. I ran bingo. And, you know, teaching the kids how to gamble early. <laughs> Did you... Um... Did you have to like give out prizes or was there any stakes at all for winning or were they just like having fun? They were just having fun. Mm-hmm. The stakes were is once the game was over, they got the little candy hearts that they were, they were using to play bingo. Oh, so nice. that was fun. Um, but uh, 
Like we were having a good old time. Like we were handing out high fives whenever anyone got a got a Pico. got a number. Got, oh, just any? No, uh-huh. just, just to get a number, you get a high five over here. You know, like the the, <laughs> the bingo table was jumping. You know, good, like good. <laughs> I thought it was good for Shelly because her friends came over, like some of the the friends that she talks about a lot, and they were playing. And she's like, oh, "Okay, I guess I'll play," you okay. know. And so we did that. There's this one kid that would not leave the bingo table, you know. So we send a note to the parents. Hey, hey, you you might want to keep <laughs> keep this one away from the 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 games of chance, you know. <laughs> it's a real thing. Well, supposedly people get um really into like this uh, this super bowl thing that just happened i don't know if you heard about this uh, people like gamble on that a lot apparently it's a big thing i don't know yeah it's a huge thing did you watch the super bowl wes no 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 but i was gonna say william he's a very sore loser he loves playing games but he does not like losing. So that's why I was curious about what happened at Bingo when, you know, someone someone wins, everyone else can't be a winner. I guess Bingo though, you can Everyone else wins. There was one sore loser in the group. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name names. However, <laughs> this child <laughs> when I called out a number, right? So I called out the number and I was like, you know what? We're not just going to play bingo. We're going to learn numbers. You know, I know you all aren't in the double digits yet, but hey, you know, they had them. So let's do it's it. Preview. You know? Yeah. And this one child, when I was like, uh, you know, 17, you know, like this child put the candy on a number that was not the number I called. Uh, and I was like, no, no, my friend. <laughs> That's that is not the um that's not the number. You know, so I just, you know, slid it off, you know. No, no, no. And then they put it back on there. So I was like, plan. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> and then they put it back on there. And I was like, you know what? You know what? Fine. You know. But you know, like I'm like, you know, yeah, we'll we'll just keep it. We'll just keep going. So that was fun. Um, and then other kids just well, one other kid refused to leave the table till they won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the teachers were coming over. They're like, "Hey, do you want to get face paint?" <laughs> they're no. like, "No, nah, I'm good." <laughs> they're just like, they're like, they're like, deal them again. <laughs> so it was hilarious. So. Um, Shelly didn't get through a game of bingo. She's like, this is lame. I'm out of here. Well, but, yeah, yeah, she's, I, I get the sense that she likes, I don't know, this more social stuff, right? You're not really yeah. able to talk a lot during bingo. That's mm-hmm. my sense. Yeah. yeah. She likes to talk a lot. So she's um, over there doing her slime and her cooking show or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I may or may not have helped a child of a friend win. So, well, of course, <laughs> that was good. And, and I texted her dad, and I was like, "They want it bingo today. You're welcome. Ask him about it." <laughs> so, nice. So that was good, you know. So it was so it was fun all around. So it was. And it was now good. that she's at school part time, at least, do you find that that affects your stuff at home much? I mean, I know you still have JoJo at home now, so I guess maybe it doesn't make that big a difference, but. 
Mm, no, it's not a big difference. I mean, it will be better, not better, because some days I don't even want to send her to school. If mm. she's like, I don't want to go, I'm like, okay, you can stay. You can stay with me. <laughs> but um, but uh, it is like it's such a short day, you know. Like they get there at nine, they leave at like noon. So oh, so it's know, just half day. Okay, yeah, it's a half day. So you're turning around. But next year it's going to be a longer day. So so it'd be fun. But usually, you know, the difference is is when Shelly gets home from school, she doesn't really want to be bothered with anybody. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah. more or less like. I'm just going to chill out, eat some graham crackers, watch my iPad and, you know, like do that thing. And so, so she doesn't need a lot of um, interaction from you at that point. Not really. Mm-hmm. Then around like two, you know, mm-hmm. two or three, she's like, okay. You know, so. Entertain um, me. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like she definitely is giving off like introvert vibes. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like after social situations, she kind of just needs to recharge. Um, so, I mean, you know, you know who our parents are, so that's not too far-fetched. So (laughs) Jojo, on the other hand, is quite the social animal, right? Like Mm -hmm. so much so that when he meets new people, he likes to go and look in their face. So if they're not like looking at him, Mm -hmm. like he like leans over and he's like, look at me, you know, I want to see your face. So, um, that's very interesting for him. And um, Jojo, I think more than Shelly, uh, likes to initiate play. Um, wow. So um, sometimes he just with like eye contact, like he'll, I'll be in the kitchen. He'll come in the kitchen. He'll look at me. He's like, you know what we're about to do. We're about to play chase. And he just <laughs> turns around and starts running. <laughs> so um so yeah, they're they're two um very different children. Um, but they're coming along quite quite nicely. Jojo climbs a lot. Um Shelly climbed a lot. Um I also think part of it is Shelly was more confined. Jojo probably has more free reign. Mm-hmm. But Jojo is a climber. So much so, he learned how to open the stove or open the oven. Oh, So that was nuts. He knows how to open the oven. Like just because he was trying to pull himself up and then it opened on him? No, no, no. Now, well, first, first he was pulling himself up and then he started to like tug back. So he's like, oh, this moves. Great. Yeah. Well, one time he got it open, he was shocked and a little scared because <laughs> he fell back. <laughs> and this oven door is just like on top of him. He's like, uh, you know, thank God oh, for God. new technology, right? Because if it was like back in the day, who knows, you know? So that's the thing. That's good. Sometimes when you pull on stuff, it falls down. It does. Charlie is also learning this with those drums upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not the most sturdy. No, <laughs> they're pretty top heavy, and so if he starts pulling on it too much, it does sometimes like slowly tip over on him, yeah. and he gets pretty scared about that. So that's good. But where's William now? Is he playing soccer yet? I know you and Seth are talking mm, about that. Yeah, we have we have played a little bit. He, I think we'll do some more sports and stuff like that this spring. Um, 
right now. He does like playing um, like at the pool. We'll go there. He likes playing at school, which is great because he would he used to fight us a lot on going to school, and we would you know make him go. We we'd pretty much unless he was sick, he he'd go. Um, but he likes it better now. He's made some friends there, and um, they play a lot of stuff inside and outside there and and sometimes there's a challenge to get him to go outside because he just likes watching tv and um playing super mario that's like his favorite thing right now either watching the mario movie or playing super mario wonder those are Mm. his his go-to activities but i think he uh i think he will start to like I mean, he likes throwing stuff, and in the house, we're just like trying to get him to not throw it too high, <laughs> knock down all of our things. Um, you know, we sort of like have gradually moved all of our things like higher and higher. You know, as he can <laughs> yeah. like, reach stuff, and so now all of our things are just kind of like up high. <laughs> so now that he's got projectiles going, ah, there's there's that. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be soccer that he wants to play, or if he's going to want to play something that he can like, you know touch the ball maybe he'll be the goalie um, yeah we'll see we'll see um but yeah I, and he is very interested in chess uh maybe that's because we play a lot of chess and he hears about it he and um stephanie have both kind of been like sucked in as a result oh, really? nice <laughs> uh and um and so now they both play a little bit um and that is I think it's a great game to learn when you're young, but it's not something I ever particularly liked as a kid. I don't know. Like I learned how to play when I was pretty young. I don't remember distinctly when, but I feel like I was not as young as him. Um, So maybe he's like a little chess prodigy. We'll see. Maybe. He he plays his own house rules though. Like if we do play, he will not allow me to take any of his pieces. And he says it's because they're standing next to each other. You know, he like moves ah. pieces over by mine. <laughs> and he's like, they're friends. And he's like, well, this is my favorite pawn. So you can't take that pawn. Ah. I'm like, so what if what if I take your horse? He's like, well, no, no, you can't take my horse. Because um, it's standing by this other horse, you know? And so he just like, he likes the board to be populated. Nice. And then eventually there's just nowhere for anything to move. Um, so it's a really interesting sort of spin on the classic game. Uh, we'll, see. we'll see how long that lasts. But again... Partly because he just doesn't like losing, you know. He, um, if he's not good at a game, if he's not winning at the game, then he will just change the rules so that he isn't at least is not losing and might actually mm-hmm. win. That's that's his whole thing. That is so interesting because I hate losing as well. And well, if, we all do. If anyone is wondering why Wesley is bringing up chess. You know, just out of nowhere. <laughs> it's not out of nowhere. You ask what William likes to do. It's because I have been getting waxed by him over the past few months, like <laughs> badly. And this uh, is his revenge tour because when we lived in Boston together, right. like I would beat Wesley like very badly. I didn't I don't know what think I was he's doing. He's ever won a game. But. He, 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 this was his origin story because, you know, he brooded over it for years. And then out of nowhere, I get this, uh, this invitation to chess.com <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, whatever. Right. 
So, you know, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then Wesley keeps texting me, except the game. And I'm like, what is It's a little this? glitchy. No, it sometimes doesn't go properly. So you have to sort of resend it. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> no. There's no. There's no pressure here. So Wesley's like, except the game. I'm like, you oh, always okay. make your moves way faster than I do. <laughs> you always want to play the timed game. I never want to play this. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, Wesley, I will beat you in chess. And if you were wondering, <laughs> yeah, what's our record right now? Our, our record is, um, Lord, let me see. With Wesley, with you, Wesley, our record is. I don't even know. I'd have to go to the to our um our friend thing. It's mm-hmm. bad. It's something like fifteen to three. Yeah, I think you've won a few. I mean, Wesley. you've won, you've <laughs> see, won a couple recent this guy. ones. <laughs> no, see, what happened is I I did play, you know, poorly uh, over the years. Like I'd play infrequently with people, and when I lived in Phoenix, I had uh, like a regular weekly game that I'd play with James, mm. um, and he would usually win. But we were like relatively equal, I guess. Um, yeah, and I was just a terrible loser, and I'm not good at chess, so I don't like to play, right? And it's the same with lots of things like bowling and basketball. I don't know. It's just all sorts of things. But but chess, there's something very intimate about it when you're sitting down and you're playing in person mm. and you're losing. You know, that's <laughs> that's a tough pill. It's a, it's a lot easier to lose over the, the app, I feel like. You know, it's just because you're not like face-to-face with the person. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway. So it became a lot easier to play once I got the app. Um, playing with my friend Steve back in Maryland, mm. uh, he's now in Philly. Anyway, so he he got me playing when I was visiting back east over the summer, um, and he's really good. Like he's significantly better than I am, and yet um, it doesn't. Maybe that's part of why it doesn't bother me to lose to him. I don't know. I. So I just lose to him continuously and I watch what he does. And then I like started taking the little lessons within the chess.com mm. platform. They're very, they're very short and it's something I can do while holding the baby or being sick at night or whatever, you know, it's just like very soothing to watch the little pieces move and have it explained to you like why this is a better thing to do than that. I don't know. It's a fascinating, um, uh, it's a mental relaxation but it also has that piece of like sports, you know, and competition. And so it's mm-hmm. a weird combination of the two, um, and it's it you can kind of get obsessed with it. Like it's a little dangerous. It is an addiction, I think, uh, which you know make it's made worse by the fact that it's on a phone, which we're already <laughs> yeah. all addicted to, right? And so so there's that, and so there's a uh, I guess there's a piece there of like um, you know self control at a certain point. It's like okay, I'm not going to make a move right away. I'm gonna look at this. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to just like say, oh, that looks like a good move. I mean, so there's like a certain kind of um, discipline that you can train yourself with. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a lot of ways in which it's good for you. Maybe there's a few ways in which it's bad for you, but but it's fun. And and so I think it's, uh, you know, it's a good dad thing to know how to do also, because at some point pretty early, the kid is like, okay, like teach me how to play chess. Right. So you want to be able to do that um, yeah. in a respectable fashion. Um, yeah, just like any life skill, got to know how to move the chess pieces, at least a little bit. 
And so the lesson is, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Oh, I, I go up and down all the time. Yeah. Wesley has been um, gleefully, you know. <laughs> well, do you watch <laughs> any of the lessons? So he's, you- so he's like, uh, you know, he goes and gets beat by Steve. And he's like, ah, let me play Joe. <laughs> I'm usually playing you both at the same time. And again, Steve takes a lot longer to make moves. I think he really like sits there and thinks about it. Um, or he gets distracted and then comes back hours mm-hmm. later and just like, oh, obviously this is a good move. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I think he's also probably playing a bunch of other people mm-hmm. who are much higher levels than me. So he's doing the same thing, right? I mean, he's like, oh, I'm getting crushed by whoever. I'll just go play Wes and <laughs> destroy, <laughs> take him apart, you know? Because uh, he knows like a, a bunch of, I feel like he knows a bunch of theory that I don't at this point because he watches stuff on YouTube. He's got mm-hmm. like some YouTubers that he watches apparently. I haven't got to that point yet where I actually like know who to watch or anything. But Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I I'm, um, I was actually talking to a friend about it, about chess. And, and I was like, I'm not getting any better. Like, I understand this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not getting any better. I'm not trying to at the time I wasn't you know Ah. (laughs) at the time I was like I'm not trying to so so I'm just kind of like floating around this rating level Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know but the interesting thing about it is that then when you when you attempt to start to get better right like you you actually start to get worse right Mm -hmm. so like I tend to play the faster games right the games that are going to take like 10-15 minutes and if there's a new wrinkle Right. I'm just losing, like, just like losing (laughs) Um, until I I sort of understand the the theory behind the, you know, what was going on. And then I start to get better again. But I think right now, like, I'm just like, I've like looked at some new things. And so like for my rapid chess, my rapid chess game, I've probably dropped like 200 points in the oh, past no. like week you know Brutal. um and i keep you know like trying these things and the but every time i lose it's kind of like oh okay well because it shows you it shows you move by move if you look at the review after mm-hmm. the game and you only get one a day so you have to like choose it carefully right <laughs> yeah otherwise it's like watch this video to unlock so, so my bad thing is that i choose the games where i just whack somebody i just want to see all the good moves that make. Like, <laughs> i don't choose the games where like ah <laughs> where, where you know like i lost i got beat very badly you know That's what i mean the thing. <laughs> so i probably need to be choosing the games where um i'm i'm actually losing um and then a pro tip if you just want to like get some, like if you got some time, kids are asleep, whatever, enter a tournament oh. and you play all types of people. So like the, the highest level person I've beaten was like 1200. Oh, so I saved that one, you know, took that, <laughs> took that screenshot. You do know. you remember how, what did you do? I don't remember. Uh, you got to look back at it. Yeah, I have to go back and look at that game. Study. Um, and study it. But part of it, too, is that in the tournaments, you know, like if I'm playing someone who's like 200, mm. like 
I like my my spidey senses go off like you can't lose this game. Like so that's why I don't like I don't like seeing their ratings all the time. Yeah, it's right. annoying. And I think you can play unrated also, but I haven't tried that. I, so the default is to always see your number, and then your number goes up at the end or it goes down, right? And mm-hmm. and that I, I yeah I try not to care about that, but it's hard because it's like dang. No, it matters. I want it to go up. You know, I want the number to go up. Everyone does. It absolutely matters. And so the funny thing is that I learned how to play chess by this this old guy who, um, like when I was younger, um, my stepdad would take me to these like reenactments, these Civil War reenactments. Yeah, yeah. And there was this old guy who was sitting there with a chess board and he would just demolish me, you know? I remember one time, so like every time we had a reenactment, I would hunt this guy down, like, let's get to it, you know, like forget everything else. <laughs> let's do this. And he <laughs> just sit there with the board, um, just like this kind of like sage in the chair, you know, and, you know, like talk me through some things and, and all that stuff. But I remember the, one of the last times I played him, I won. Oh. And I was like happy. I was like, yeah, you know, and I got up and I was walking away and I stopped and I turned around. I was like, did you let me win? He looks at me. He's like, no. <laughs> and he paused for a little bit, just enough to to leave some doubt, you know? <laughs> so, so that's been big in the life of these two dads. And that's a big way how we've been staying connected as well with yes. all these children running around all these little pitter patters right yes connecting over the game taking over the game of chess and i've been playing steph as well and she's a trash talker does she really yes she texts during the chess game oh no Um, i can't deal with that i I (laughs) love people who talk trash on the chess game but anyway so that's what we've been doing um this is where we are now what are what are we reading right now, Wesley? I know you're an avid reader. What are you reading? Well, just the other day, I was reading your 30-page paper about yeah. oh. climate <laughs> leadership and stuff. Yes. And Gene Sharp. Um, and it was good. You know, so I was learning some things. I was like, oh, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, so that's coming out sometime soon. Soonish, a, yeah, I have no a, idea. In a publication, yes. Um, I have been reading a few different novels, um, like you know, classics like Gravity's Rainbow. I've been listening to that on audio, and it's bizarre and strange. And I've been starting to read the Glassbead Game, which is. Um, it's not exactly like chess, but kind of. It's like an imaginary game that has a lot of math and a lot of music. And in some weird way, it sort of like explains uh, different scientific things. I don't know. It's a it's a totally made up thing, but it's called the Glassbead Game. And another translation is Magister Ludi. Um, and it's pretty cool, um, but I just started that. And I was reading a book about video games and storytelling, which is something I'm really interested in. Um, Absolutely. And I teach, you know, I teach some video game stuff at my school. And so I'm always trying to like read more about it. And um, 
this one is, I think, uh, someone around our age probably. Um, and I reached out to him and he said he'd, you know, talk to me on, um, on a podcast. So I'm going to probably talk to him in a few days nice. if we can, uh, figure out a time. Um, but he wrote the book like 10 years ago. So he, the author photo looks like very, maybe out of college, like very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe he just looks young. I don't know, but it's it's super cool that he uh, basically just took a bunch of games and kind of put them chronologically, roughly, and just talked about how each one is um, using the things that you do in the game to help you um, get more out of uh, you know uh, stories about anything from saving the world to just like seeing how a character develops. Um, sort of like exploring an environment, like all these different kinds of stories that, that video games can tell. Um, so it's really, it's really cool. Um, so I, you know, I'm always, I'm always reading stuff. Um, but yeah, but what about you? You have time for that sort of thing? I do. <clears throat> well, see, the thing is, is that um, I, it takes me a very long time to read a book that I like. Um, yeah. I, I, I rarely read, what's it? Fiction, right? Mm-hmm. I read literature. Non-fiction. Yeah. Lit, I, I very, I, I very rarely read lit. Um, but right now I'm in the middle of three books, actually. Um, the, the first one is chop wood, carry water. Oh, you mentioned that, yeah. Joshua Metcalf. Very, very good book. It's like um, Zen kind of teachings or something? It's a book about falling in love with the process. Okay. You know? Um, and so it's this uh, uh, young kid who wants to become a samurai archer. And um, he, you know gets a ticket to Japan and goes to this place, like wanting to be the best archer. And one of the main things he has to do is of course, chop wood and carry water. And I mean, it's a pretty straightforward, but you know, pretty straightforward. Like, you know, he runs into this problem. Like he, he tightens his bow too tight. He wants to practice. He practices too much. He hurts himself, you know, like all of those things. Um, he doesn't understand why he needs to chop wood and carry water. Right. Um, and you know, the, the process though, it's one of those, it's one of those, those books where it's like very low hanging fruit a lot of the time, but like constant reminders of things that you, 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 you should know and understand in day-to-day life, but you need to be reminded of it, you know? Um, and so in that sense, it's a, um, really great book to to like um bring you back center right and when things may not necessarily be going the way that you want them to go right like you engage in the process you know knowing that you know like there is a formula right and um that formula isn't always pretty right and so you stay in the process so the day-to-day is the chop wood carry water 
right? And so that's a great, great, great um, part of that book. Um, another book I'm reading is um, Meditations by uh, Marcus yeah. Aurelius. I just started that book. I actually, um, I don't know, like I've, I've obviously I've heard of it and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. obviously like um, Marcus Aurelius, you know, took part in, you know, a significant amount of you know colonization and, and, and all of that stuff. He, he was an emperor. <laughs> yeah. It's kind was, of his job. Yeah. It's kind of the things um, that he did, but um, you know, I gave it a shot, you know, and it, you know, I got a couple pages in and I had something to think about. And so that's what I mean when I say like, it takes me a while to read yeah. a book. You know, um, I don't just like breathe. I'm not saying, you know, like if I find something like interesting, I stop, like, I can't keep reading. I have to sort of like think about it and unpack it, you know, um, maybe even try to apply it and then come back to the text. Right. Um, and then, um, the last book that I've been reading, I've actually been reading this book um, when I'm doing my my steady state cardio on the treadmill. So this is actually a book on tape. Um, um, Psycho Cybernetics. What? Um, and this book is by, I don't even remember who the author is. Let me see here. Can um, Maxwell edit. Maltz? Edit. Yes. That's all yes, right. Yes, 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 yes. Psycho Cyber. Yes, Maxwell Maltz. And um, <gasps> what? this book is like very good. Um, so basically this guy, Maxwell Maltz, was I think a plastic surgeon, right? And um, he would do not like the cosmetic stuff, but like the things that like people like really needed so it wasn't like elective surgeries that he was doing and one of the things that he realized is that like maybe 30 to 60 days like after the plastic surgery like life would just start going better you know like for these people in ways that had nothing to do with how they looked but and had everything to do with how they perceived themselves right sure. um and so he sort of sort of dove into this process of like what is happening with these people and he sort of developed this theory of like psycho cybernetics where um you know how you think of yourself is how um you know like the world is going to go how things like open up. And it was just like one of these weird books that I heard about on like, I think it was like Instagram or something. And I was like, you know, whatever. So I have a lot of audible credits, you know what I mean? So it's like very, um, you know, like non-committal, you know what I mean? I could like it. I could not, you know, I ended up liking it a lot. So, um, I started listening to it. Um, for about 30 minutes a day um and that and and that oh and i'm reading one other book one other book um and this is also a book on tape um but the book called um extreme ownership by jocko you know that guy jocko and um leaf babin so um I've only gotten a little bit into that one. Um, 
But um, I like the concept behind the book that um, when things go wrong, you don't look at sort of like who you blame for things going wrong, but you try to own the um, the process to help things go right. And um, if you have a team of people who are like all willing to take ownership of whatever is happening, then you end up having like really good situations and really good outcomes on the other side of things. So that sounds, you know, it's, it's, you read a lot of the uh, very practical things, which is yeah. cool. <laughs> but I, I move in a very different circle, I feel like, in terms of reading stuff. Like, what's up? Okay. Yeah. All right. I got to pause here for a little bit. Do a, do a bedtime book. Speaking of reading, but we'll be uh, be back in a sec here. Um, how do I go find my charger? This computer doesn't have very good battery life. All right, William, I'll be right there. Okay, yeah. so we're back from our short commercial break. Um, Wesley's a little tipsy right now. That's not true. Drinking. Drinking our high life, drinking the high life. It's I'm I'm thirsty. I need, <laughs> I need to hydrate, and it's mostly water. It is. This is sure. Um, wait. So what we were saying before? Oh, reading nonfiction. It's practical. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of value to things that you can just try out and experiment and see how they go. And I think there's a lot of value to things that are, you know, just a totally different world and something that stretches your imagination. Um, and I think ultimately it's like finding the kind of thing that you like to read and that works for you is what it's about. Like, I don't think it really matters that much what you read, but I think it does matter that you read and that you kind of keep your, your brain engaged in that way. So I don't know. It's a thing that's tough to persuade my students of, like, <laughs> man, if there's one thing that you do after you leave, if you would just please keep reading books, like I think you'll be okay. Whether you're, whether they go into college or not, like that is just a, such a crucial thing for for the, the rest of the way that you think about the world, um, I think so. I think so. I think, well, you know, I, I don't read fiction very much or literature very much, but when I do, um, I find it actually very um, uh, informing. Is that the right word? Like, um, it can have a way of helping you make sense of the things in the world. Yeah. You know? And so it definitely has its place. And so I like to add in a fiction book every, every now and again. Mm. So I, and, and, you know, maybe it's, I don't know if it's an attention span thing, you know, but like a lot of, a lot of like 
fiction books, they kind of like start slow, you know, whereas nonfiction, it's like, this is what we're about to talk about. And you're like, ooh, yeah, let's talk about that. You know, yeah, it's a little more um, direct. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit more to the point. So, um, also, um, if if I'm reading a book, not usually, not all the time, but usually, like, um, I'm I'm actively thinking about like how I might apply it. You know, so if I do read a fiction book, someone's like, "Oh, you would like this because of this." you know, and it explains this and I'm like, Oh, okay. Then, then I'll definitely get down with it. Yeah. But that makes sense. whatever it is, just, just read, just read or listen. That's what it's about. Yeah. You know, I mean, or listen, I think, I mean, I think telling, telling stories is great too. You know, if you can read a book to your kids at bedtime once in a while or make that part of the routine so that that, habit just gets ingrained in in both of you like i think that's really valuable and doesn't even i guess it doesn't have to be a book necessarily if it's like making up a story and telling it i think that gets at some of the same um same stuff um but it's way easier having a book there that um the kid can look at and and just i mean then you know when it's over, the book is closed, and now we're going to bed, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, and telling stories, like storytelling, is such a like huge part of <laughs> of life. Um, and I love telling, like when um, we didn't have any of our biological kids but our nieces and nephews were around all the time oh the stories you know there's there's so many stories so like um like instead of sort of like telling them like what i do on a day-to-day basis like i made up the story that like i was a part of the resistance oh yeah and you know, remember the resistance story. So then they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, like tell it. They're, they're older now, so they don't want to, you know, like, they're like, but there's still that in the back of their head. Like, is it true? Like, was it true? You it's know? absolutely true. You're yeah. constantly talking to people in Africa Sunday mornings, which is why we can't meet every other week now. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, it's, it's totally true. Right. So um, there's also this tree in the yard. Um that um you know they call it the man in the tree tree um because some evil person got wrapped up in that tree that's why it's split into two trees and so you know i would say when they were sleeping over like you know if you go back and you touch the man in the tree tree you get ten dollars None of them ever made it to the tree. <laughs> so. Yes. so, so, so we're all caught up with the children, more or less. I'm sure there's more stories to come. Um, we know what we're reading lately, and now, um, you know, what we would usually do is is um, talk about um, some leadership stuff. So today I found 
um, not really an, an article, but um, it's it was more of an announcement. But uh, it, it was talking about how young professionals balance work and fatherhood. And, you know, the interesting thing that I've been seeing, um, of course, we're millennials, right? Um, and we were the generation that uh, sort of lived through the entire like technological boom, right? So yeah. we remember having antennas on our TVs, VHSs, compact discs or CDs, all the way up to now the, where there is no... Um, you don't own anything. Everything's digital. Well, you own it, but you own it digitally. And that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing, right? Where, um, you know, like all these things are. And so I've been hearing a lot of these things about how uh, millennial dads are very active fathers and, and stuff like that. And so there's this article about how young professionals balance work and fatherhood. And um, one of the things that it was going into um, is about, um, like men, I guess, don't feel like they have an outlet to, to process the challenges at home. I guess people aren't very, really very used to it. I also think sometimes it's kind of like a, a situation where, um, you know, maybe we are i'm not going to say that's necessarily true but one of the first generations that's really open about like fatherhood and wanting yeah. to be there um uh for your kids and I know we've talked about that um a, a lot um but um men don't really have spaces to or fathers don't really have spaces to talk about those things um and one of the things that they said is that um your daughter doesn't care if your business succeeds or fails, you know, like she just wants you to be there. Right. Um, which is very interesting, which also, um, uh, brings us back to our conversation about the media's or televisions, TV fictions, worst oh, fathers. Right. 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 <laughs> when, when we were talking about that, um, so the question is, Wesley, as a teacher, someone who has to be there with the children all the time, how do you find a balance? How do you find time for William and Charlie? Mm -hmm. But you're also grading papers and in a lot of ways molding the minds of, of these young children. At this very innovative school, I might add, that has very big implications, you know, its existence has big implications on the education scene, right? Um, how do you balance all that? It, well, there's a lot of pieces there, like, because there's the, the dream of the school, right? which is to have it make an impact uh, bigger than what it is right now. And it's, but it's very small right now. I mean, it's, 160 kids or something like that out of a district, which is, you know, tens of thousands of students. Um, and we're a really small staff. So, so there's something about the, the scale of that, which is important to just keep in perspective. I think it goes back to that quote about, you know, to, 
your kids don't care if your business succeeds or fails. Yeah. I mean, ultimately their experience does not hinge on this experiment, you know, taking off and, and making a big splash. Like ultimately we're just trying to help the students that we have right now and make sure they all graduate and have a plan for when they do, you know, that's going to include reading books, obviously, uh, whatever it is. And so, so there's, I mean, there's a lot of things that I do with students that are directly related to um, things that, that I talk about with my kids or that things that I'm thinking about um, for my kids. Uh, A lot of it is that kind of storytelling piece, Um, not making up a lot of stories usually, um, but just including um, something personal in what otherwise might be kind of a boring assignment, you know, like, or something like when um, I can see that students are tired, not really all that engaged in something, I can try to connect with them on that level too, of just being like, look, you know, we are all kind of tired today. I, I, I know, um, I know how that feels. And, and so they all know, I think that one of the reasons that I even got that job, um, was really because of, uh, William being born and that motivating me to get a full-time job again at a school rather than doing the subbing thing where I was just working really hit or miss depending on who needed a sub. Um, so I needed something a little bit more like stable and reliable. And I, I think when I kind of start up with new students again, um, I don't like go back and rehash all of that, but I, I trust that that word kind of gets around within the school because it is such a small thing. Like everyone knows kind of uh, that, that background info. Um, so it's, you know, it's kind of like part of my persona at the school is like, you know, I'm here because of my kids. Um, and um, I, I mean, I genuinely like working there. I hope that the school will grow um, and that we, you know, can find some cool partnerships and stuff. Um, But in a way, I, I wish it could just continue this way without having to grow. I know that's unrealistic. Like things either Mm -hmm. grow or die seems like, Um, but, um, but I never want it to get to the point where I'm really having to, um, you know, sacrifice time, at home to do stuff for school or vice versa. Like I, I don't feel like I really have to bring home a lot of work right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel a lot of pressure, um, you know, to, to work beyond the hours that I'm at school, um, which I like. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Cause if it did become a thing where like, you know, we suddenly got a, shiny new building and this and that um there would be a lot more kind of tightening up of things that we've been doing and that might require more paperwork and stuff that would just be very time consuming 
and that would be kind of a drag. Um, so, so we'll see. There is no imminent changes on the horizon though, because there was actually just a, um, a bond put before the voters, and it had to pass with sixty percent um, of people who bothered to cast their vote, and it only reached like fifty-five percent. And so, there will not be um, funding for any new buildings for at least the next like four to six years, um, unless they figure out some way around that um, that whole process. But it's not looking good. So, yeah, uh, very so a very roundabout answer to say. Um, I, I've kind of intentionally found a job where I don't have to, you know, um, like bring home a lot of work or feel a lot of stress about things. Um, and I'm trying to, trying to keep that going. So we'll see, see if I can. Yeah. But how about you? You've got, I mean, you work from home. You've got your whole uh, yeah. <laughs> work around the home. Like it's pretty intentional. It seems like. Yeah, I think so. I think um, a big part of my day to day is like, obviously, like being around my kids, but there are certain things where, um, you know, like, like they can't um, do, but for the most part, they're able to be engaged, at least on the peripheral for like, all the things that I'm doing. So like, um, um, when I go down to Mississippi and I need to be like in person at the lighthouse, Shelly usually comes with me. Jojo will probably start to come with me as well when it's, um, not a, a a whole big thing. Um, and, um, like if I have a workshop usually like, or if I'm giving a talk, usually Shelly comes with me. Right. Or Shelly has come to just about everything, you know, Um, I have a I have one coming up. Um, It will be interesting because this shoot, she's, you know, she'll be of the age where um, like she will actually understand that I'm up talking to like a group of people. And they want to like hear what I have to say. So (laughs) it'd be interesting that like. she'll be able to see that but at workshops she's come there and she's just sort of been around you know like running around um and nobody like really minds i think a big thing about like um like kids is that like once you sort of like break that fail i guess you know Mm -hmm. like everyone's like oh cool right nice you know what i mean let's do this so um i think that's a that's a big part of it. One thing that I do though, because, you know, when they say when you work from home, it's like you are always at work, right? Um, so one thing I try to do, unless there's a very tight deadline, right? Um, is whenever Shelly or Jojo like want to engage, like I just engage with them. You know what I mean? So if that means that I need to get something done a little later or, you know, like, um, you know, like stay up a little later to do something else, then I'll just do that. You know what I mean? Because in that respect, the work is fluid. Like, obviously I can't engage with her if I'm like teaching a class, you know, like 
can I do yeah. that? Yeah. But um, if I'm not, and if it's just a matter of like I'm like writing curriculum or you know like planning something, then you know like I'm like yeah, sure, like let's make slime or let's you know like mm-hmm. like do that. And I just sort of clock it in the back of my head, you know, that like you know like I. It's also a very practical thing, too, because, you know, the more I resist, (laughs) I found the more, you know, Shelly's like, oh, what? You don't want to play with me? Now it's just a matter of like, I want you to play with me just because, you know what I mean? So like the more I engage, like um, the less high the stakes are, I think, for Shelly. And so she kind of just goes on. Um, and kind of does her thing. So she gets her fill, you know, like she feels seen and then she just can move on, you know, mm-hmm. but then when you don't, it's like, oh wait, you know, he doesn't see me, right? Like I'm here, I'm here. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to escalate. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I mean, I think for, um, you know, like, uh, parents who are um in different situations than my own i think the biggest thing is to just engage when you can like as fully as you can and that is i think what the kids will remember like at the end of the day you know what i mean like um you know don't feel bad about what you can do can't do just do what you can do you know um and I think that that makes all the difference because I think, you know, the kids sort of understand um, like what's going on. Like Shelly's getting to the age where she understands that like, oh, you go and you do this and then, you know, you need to do this. Like she gets it. You know what I mean? Um, still doesn't mean that she can like successfully articulate her feelings of like sadness that you can't engage or anything like that. But um they do get it and then when you do engage um they it, like it just it just gets better so like if i'm like if it's a point in time where i need to have shelly and jojo and mel's doing something else you know i you just go all in you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we're about to learn you know what sounds lines make shelly you're gonna help him you know what i mean like we might as well spend the time and be happy about it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, because, <laughs> you know, um, and, and try not to look at them as like, um, I guess a barrier, you know what I mean? And then, and I caught myself doing that sometimes, like when I got really busy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we're not going to do that. You know, like, Oh no, 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 no. We're going to spend this time. Like you are not in the way of this. You are the way for this right like um and just that perspective shift helps you know because in a lot of ways engaging with your kids gives you perspective as well right like that's why you lift all them weights you know like (laughs) because you know it helps you for yourself no (laughs) you're the dig deeper person so that that whole that whole little like six second clip of you walking around your house talking about how great it is talking about how great how great shanti is yes (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So, oh, we'll talk about that on another episode. More to come, to folks. Come Zaddy has had a transformation, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and you can catch me on the Instagrams. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's going to be so embarrassing for her later on. For Shelly? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, it will be. Yes, it will be. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be I'll be absolutely okay with it. I will play it at her 16th birthday party. Look at those big abs popping, okay? <laughs> so, um she doesn't know it's coming yet, but mm-hmm. it's coming. I I might I sh- I might as well go and take a screen record right now just in case Instagram you know, like goes under or something like that, or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. that's right. Yes. No, because we don't own these things. We don't. Anymore. They're just out there. <laughs> They're just out there um, in the world. Yeah, but I, I think, I wonder if there is a kind of shift happening now of people saying, um, you know, having seen what the last generation or two uh, accomplished when they sort of prioritized work so much and like, what did it produce? You know, it, it's that trade-off doesn't look so good anymore. Mm-mm. And so it's like, okay, you know, that didn't really work. So let's try this other approach. Let's try to prioritize time with family more. And I mean, I feel like, that's a really difficult thing to try to do. Um, but I, I, I mean, I wonder how the success of that will be measured in a generation or two, you know, will people be able to say like, Oh, that was the right decision. That was the right thing to try. Um, I, I really don't know. Like it's, it's a really, I don't know. It's going to be tough to um, to be able to tell. Well, I think it's already starting to show up, actually, mm-hmm. that when um, and I, I think people are starting to realize just how much time people <laughs> were wasting, mm-hmm. you know, like with, you know, like, you know, I don't know, you know, like the eight hour work day or, you know, or something like that. This is like, it was more, it was more about needing to be in a space just to say you were there than about like what you were actually accomplishing. You know what I mean? Um, And so I think people are starting to um, understand that like, if someone has a thing to do, but they're worried about everything else, they generally don't do that thing very well. Or very fast, right? Um, and I think the people on the cutting edge of this are understanding that, like, um, if someone has a child or anything going on, really, like, in their world, that to help let them tend to that, right, like, ultimately makes them more effective in the long run, right? Um, and especially for, like, your high performers, you know, like, that they feel like appreciated and trusted, you know, and they don't feel like, um, you know, they have to choose their work over their kids. Uh, they're becoming like actually more productive. Right. And I think 
you know, the workplace has become more about, um, the workplace has become more about, uh, like what you can accomplish, not necessarily the time within which you accomplish it. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think people are starting to understand that and, you know, that helps a lot of people right now. That's not necessarily the same for people who have to like do a thing, you know, but, um, but, you know, like be on a job, like, and be on site at something. Right. right? But even there, like you can argue that like, um, you know, you know, you may not take one so long to get from one job site to the next if you, <laughs> you know, like understand that, you know, like you're appreciated and stuff like that. So I think it's starting to move in a direction where people are understanding that people are people um, and people are, I guess, rejecting like this cog and machine approach to, um, you know, like these work things. So. I think we're I think we're getting on the right track, and I think the 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 workers around the world are um, making it clear about like what they're going to need, you know. And yeah. I guess the market has to respond to it, right? Like, well, yeah, or not, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if that if that comes to schools, you know, what does that look like for students? Mm-hmm. You know, time in school looks very different if if it is more about what you can produce and what you can do rather mm-hmm. than the you know the days and the hours and the you know the bells you know that you're you're sitting in a seat that's, right and that's I exciting actually, yeah i saw that like like with the video game project you were doing with your kids like there was the there was a obviously this is what you need to learn to be successful and now you just go do it right like and then on at the end of this day this time I need to see this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now the effort you put into it is completely up to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pretty but that's much. real life. Yeah, you know. And it's it's so. cool that we get to do that at our school, but it is so far out there. It's such yeah. an anomaly within yep. the larger system right now. So, yeah. but we keep trying. Keep trying. So. And we're going to keep trying to keep up on our podcasts. Um, yeah, but but Zaddy's tired, you know. It's it's late. These I, abs need um. They need their beauty sleep. They, they need their beauty rest, you know. Like this is one of the one of the key pillars of of this. So, but next time we will talk about um my journey with Shanti and dig deeper. I will of course bring up the one time in Wesley's life that he met Shanti. And almost, almost threw on up. my floor. <laughs> oh. But I didn't. I kept it down. I didn't have a heart attack you or anything. Kept it down. You kept good. it down. And this would just show you how competitive Wesley is. And this is how I know. How I know he 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 stewed over those chess games that he lost in Boston, and um, you know, got better. And he just like takes joy in like mopping the floor with me now. You know, because when we were doing that. Oh. Insanity workout what had the had been ten years ago now. I was like Wesley, you can stop, and he's like, I'm not stopping. No, no. <laughs> and he's like, Well, you stop. I'm like, I, well, I'm not gonna stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's so, not happening. Yeah, <laughs> so Wesley's got some dog in him. You know what I mean? 
So I am so out of shape right now, though. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to work out before I see you again. That's yeah. all I know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Wesley's gonna start doing some bodybuilding. He's got a good frame on him. You've never seen his face, but yeah, it's gonna be hot boy summer over there when we get over to Spokane and, and Montana. No. <laughs> it's gonna take time. Yeah. All right, folks, we'll keep you updated on our fitness journeys as we as we keep it together. Yeah. Have keep a it good in balance. Night. Yeah.